Open your Bibles with me for a reading of a psalm to Psalm 145. Psalm 145. As we proceed through this psalm, I'd like to point at a couple of things in advance. Our translators have broken it up this way, that the first seven verses describe the fame and glory of God, then verses 8 through 10, His goodness, verses 11 through 13, His kingdom, verses 14 through 16, His providential care of His creation, and verses 17 through the end, His saving mercy. It's all His praise. I think that it's a favorite psalm of some. I'd like to point out that in the superscript, if you have an Oxford or a Cambridge Bible, the superscript says David's Psalm of Praise. Now you know that many of your psalms will have in their superscript, those are the little words that are over the psalm, that come before the psalm. Many of your psalms say a psalm of David. This is David's psalm of praise. You say, well, there's other psalms that have praise that were written by David. Not like this one. This is David's psalm of praise. Love, Psalm 145. Nineteen times in these 21 verses is he going to tell you that God gave you a mouth to use in his praise and thanksgiving. Let me race through them. Follow with me very quickly. Verse 1, extol and bless. These are verbs describing what you do with your mouth. Verse 2, bless and praise. Verse 3, praised. Verse 4, praise and declare. Verse 5, speak. Verse 6, speak and declare. Verse 7, utter and sing. Verse 10, praise and bless. Verse 11, speak and talk. Verse 12, make known Verse 21, speak and bless. David is wholly committed in this psalm. It's David's psalm of praise to lift up and give thanks and bless and extol and speak and talk and make known and utter all the glorious things that God is and that God has done. Amen. May the Lord bless our reading together of this psalm. Let's stand together in reverence for the Word of God and for the praise of the God of this psalm. Psalm 145 in unison. Together. I will extol thee, my God, O King. And I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee. And I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts. And I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. 
the Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. All Thy works shall praise Thee, O Lord, and Thy saints shall bless Thee. They shall speak of the glory of Thy kingdom and talk of Thy power to make known to the sons of men His mighty acts and the glorious majesty of His kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and Thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fall, and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon Thee, And thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen and amen. You may be seated. David's psalm of praise. Now, David was a man of praise, and when, we, when he and Israel identifies a psalm as David's psalm of praise, it's a psalm that we ought to take note of, and so we do this day. David was God's king, but God was his king. As we open up this psalm, I will extol thee, my God, O king, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. I hope that it can be said of us that we have been given to the praise of God, that we are given to it today, and that we shall be given to it forever and ever. When you extol someone, you lift it up, you magnify it, you praise it highly, and you raise it by your praise. And so David here is saying with the word extol, I will praise thee highly, I will lift thee up by my praise, I will magnify thee, my God, O King. Verse 2, he says, every day I'm going to do this. I want to be engaged in this praise and thanksgiving and worship and blessing to thee every day of my life. And I want to keep it up forever and ever. Verse 3 tells us that great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is worthy of the greatest praise that we can give him because he is yet greater. Because the verse concludes by saying, his greatness is unsearchable. You will never plumb its depths. Therefore, we give him all the praise that we can, and we still haven't given him enough. But we give him all that we can. I like the fourth verse because it describes a true family heritage. One generation shall praise thy works to another. The father to the children will declare the mighty acts of God and his wondrous works. And that is the greatest heritage you can give your children is the character the conduct, the mighty works, the glorious acts of Almighty God. He has revealed them to us in the Bible, and we convey that heritage to our children, one generation to another. 
Praise the Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for such a blessing in our lives that received it. And bless our efforts to provide that in the generation to come. I move to verse 8 in due to time. In verse 8, when you're in trouble, when you have sinned against the Lord, when you know that you are weak, when you can clearly see your frailties, verse 8 has a great measure of comfort for us. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. Now it starts out with the Lord is gracious. We have learned from Scripture that graciousness is a wonderful trait for a person to have. Women that are gracious are esteemed and honored always. Proverbs 11 and verse 16. Men that are gracious are wise men. The Lord Jesus Christ was gracious because grace was poured into his lips. It starts out by saying the Lord is gracious. But then it says he is full of compassion. It doesn't say he is compassionate. It says he is full of compassion. It doesn't say, I mean, then it says that he's slow to anger. Rather than being quick to anger. You know, some of us, or some of you, I don't want to take all the responsibility here. Some of us are quick to anger, but not the Lord. Slow to anger, all in one verse for us. And then what does it say? It says in that eighth verse, he is of great mercy. These are the descriptions when you can go to the Lord boldly that you have sinned or that you are so weak and you need his help. Look at the God that you're dealing with. Now, we have just read in these verses preceding the eighth of his mighty acts and the majesty of his kingdom is going to follow. But even though he has mighty acts, look at his compassion. Do you know what he would say to you? That his ways and his thoughts are higher than your ways and your thoughts as the heaven is above the earth. And I will remind you that Isaiah 55, 6 through 9, where those words come from, are not describing intelligence. They're not describing omniscience. Of course God is more intelligent than you. Of course His intelligence is higher than yours as the heavens are higher than the earth. It is describing His ability to pardon and forgive. He operates differently than you do. We seek revenge to various degrees and in various ways, but not the Lord. That is so comforting. And when you look at the 8th verse, you can believe that about our Lord. Verse 14, The Lord upholdeth all that fall, and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. Did David ever fall? Yes. And he knew the Lord would uphold him. Did David, was David ever bowed down? Can we read a number of Psalms where David was weeping if the Lord had left him and forsaken him and how he was overcome by his enemies, he thought, and overcome by his griefs and overcome by his sins? He was bowed down, but the Lord held him up. And so he wrote of it here in the 14th verse. It tells us in the 17th verse that our God has perfect integrity. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. He isn't merely righteous in his ways or holy in his works. He's righteous and holy in all of them. So no matter what set of circumstances the Lord deals us, it is holy and righteous. And we should never forget that or forsake the truth of this verse. He is holy and righteous in all his ways. Brethren, if you're honest with yourself and with the Lord, you deserve far worse 
than you're experiencing at the worst time in your life. But he's holy and righteous, and we should remember that. David had so many problems in his life. He had so many problems in his family. He had so many problems in his kingdom. He had so many problems taking his kingdom. And yet he would say this about the Lord. Verse 18, the Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. Is the first half of that verse helpful? The Lord is nigh. That means he's near unto all them that call upon him. But then there is a qualifying statement made in the second half of that verse to all that call upon him in truth. That is why the Father seeks those that will worship him in spirit and in truth, because it's truth that brings his great blessing upon his people. When we are walking in truth and believing truth and speaking truth and living truth, he will come to our aid. He is near to those that love truth, not to those that compromise and would rather please the world or please their flesh. Or follow tradition, but those that love truth, he hears their prayers. Verse 19, you have desires? Fear the Lord and trust your desires to him. The text tells me he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. This last division of the psalm is his saving mercy when we call upon him. And he will fulfill your desire. If you fear him, to fear him is to hate evil and to keep his commandments. To fear him is to worship him with reverence and godly respect. To fear him is to hate anything that would displease him and to love him instead. Verse 20. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. What a difference he makes in the human family. And then verse 21, my mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord. Nineteen times in these 21 verses does David describe the use of our mouths. Let us use our mouths. There is so much hot air that escapes us every day of our lives. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 through 5 warn us that filthiness, foolish talking, and jesting, three things that the world is addicted to, is going to bring the wrath of God upon this world. That we ought not to engage in filthiness, foolish talking, or jesting, which are not convenient. The other place it uses that is Romans chapter 1, where it says that sodomy is not convenient. Because men don't fit together right. Neither do women fit together. It's not convenient. And it's not convenient for us to use what the Bible describes as our glory. This is our glory. Because we can give glory to God by the proper use of our mouths. So it says, Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather the giving of thanks. Ephesians 5, 3-5. David would say, My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord. Let us remember that this thing here that lets air in and lets air out, let's not use it for filthiness, foolish talking, or jesting, but let's use it in the spirit of this psalm to bless, to praise, to extol, to utter, to declare. May the Lord bless us to that end.